Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life he gives. We're hanging out in the Gospel of John in the 17th chapter. And in the 17th chapter of John's Gospel, we're going to be kind of looking at this chapter until Thanksgiving. And in this chapter, we find a prayer that's prayed by Jesus. And it's prayed in front of his disciples, and thankfully John, the disciple, records it for us. And we get a a, a tremendous benefit from this prayer being recorded. First of all, we get to learn about prayer by reading one of Jesus' prayers. Right, that's a great way to learn about prayer. And secondly, we also get to read a prayer in John chapter 17 that Jesus prays for you and I. He actually prays it for us. Verse 20 of this chapter of this prayer says this. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Well, guess what? That's you and I. And so this prayer in this chapter, John 17, Jesus actually specifically prays for you and I. And so we're going to take a few Sundays to to dig into this chapter, into these words that that Jesus prayed for us. But this morning, I'm going to focus on the why of this prayer. Why did Jesus pray these words in John 17? And to do that, we have to to look at the events that preceded this prayer. So we're going to go back to John chapter 16th, the 16th chapter of John. And what we find here in John 16 is, is Jesus is telling his disciples that he's about to leave them. And that things are about to get really difficult for them. And he's talking about the cross, right? Jesus knows where he's headed, but the disciples don't. The disciples have been following Jesus at this point for three years. They knew that he was the Messiah, but they had anticipated that the Messiah would come, set up his kingdom, overthrow them from, overthrow Rome and the oppression, and that he would bring God's kingdom down to earth. So they didn't really fully understand what Jesus had, had really come to do. And in chapter 16, verse 20, Jesus says this to his disciples, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what's going to happen. He goes on in the chapter to tell them, you're going to experience a season of anguish and grief. And of course, again, Jesus is talking about his crucifixion. And there's all this intense confusion, disappointment, discouragement that the disciples are going to soon experience. And so Jesus is giving them a heads up. So he tells them, hey, this is, we're gonna, you're going to have a really hard time coming up. Now, I suppose like some of the disciples, some of Jesus' friends who were with him, they might have accused him of being a Debbie Downer at this point because things were going great for them. And we all have Debbie Downer friends who just are always looking at, for the, the bad thing that's coming. But, but Jesus is telling them, hey, things are going to get really hard. Even though at, at the time that he's telling him this, Disciples are thinking, Jesus, like miracles are happening. More and more people are are listening to your teachings. Stop being a buzzkill, Jesus. 
Like things are going great. But Jesus knew that, that some rough times were ahead for them. And he doesn't want them to be uh, surprised or shaken when they come. So he tells them. He gives them a heads up. And then in John chapter 17, he prays for them. And I want us to notice a, a couple things here about this. One, Jesus didn't hide the fact that things were going to get hard for his disciples after the crucifixion. He doesn't hide that from them. And, and I so appreciate that about Jesus. Because he's treating his friends, he's treating the disciples like adults. Right? He's not trying to hide things from them to, to, to protect them. He, he, he's being honest and forthright with them. He's saying, hey, going forward from here, I'm going to leave, and things are going to get really hard. And it, up to this point, it's been pretty exciting, uh, but that's not always how it's going to be. He's telling his disciples, essentially, that, hey, following me in the near future is is not gonna be roses, rainbows, and unicorns. It's gonna be a little bit tough. And I appreciate that because that's my experience with following Jesus, right? That there's been seasons in my life of, of walking with God that like are amazing. Like God's answering my prayers. I feel, I feel like close to him. But then there's been other times in my life when I feel like, God, where are you? And everything's falling apart at the seams. And I know this morning you probably came to church and thinking, man, I need some positivity. I'm so glad I'm in church. Um, and, and here I am being negative. But, but I am positive. I'm positive that there are going to be hard times in your life. <laughs> that there are going to be seasons when things are going really, really well in your walk with God. There's going to be seasons where, like, man, it's just really bad. And I love that Jesus does that with the disciples. I I wish that we had more of these type of conversations in church. And, and I'm not sure why, but we don't like talking about the difficulties that come with following Jesus. And, and there's this prevailing message, especially in the American church, right? There's this prevailing message. If you just try Jesus, everything's going to go so awesome for you. Everything's going to be, be smooth. Um, you just try Jesus and all your problems are, are going to melt away. It, it, the, the primary problem with that line of thinking is that our, our central icon for our faith is a crucifix. So it's like, hey, just try Jesus. Everything's going to go great. Put this cross around your neck and wear it. It's an instrument of torture and death. And you could see the disconnect there, right? And especially in the American gospel message, it says, man, you just, you just gab it and grab it and name it and claim it and pray, and you just follow Jesus, and everything's going to go good for you, and, and, and nothing bad is going to happen to you. And yet, the very icon and in, in, in metaphor, central icon and metaphor of our faith is an instrument of death. <laughs> and I, th I think it's important to note that the... That, Following Jesus doesn't make your problems magically disappear. In fact, I'd argue this, that when we follow Jesus, our life probably becomes more complex, not less complex. At least that's my experience. But here's the thing, it's worth it because it's the only way to find the peace the joy, the hope, the resurrection life that comes 
from God. Right? And I, I think people would appreciate knowing that up front. But what do I know? I'm just, I'm just a pastor. But I love that Jesus does this. He tells his disciples, like, hey, this is going to be all worth it. Like, you're going you're to find tremendous joy and peace and resurrection life. But things, there's going to be seasons that are really hard. And you're going to be really disillusioned and, and confused. The second thing I, wanna, I want you to notice about this conversation that Jesus is having with his friends before he prays for them in John 17, and this is what I want us to focus on primarily today, is that things, at this point, things were going well for Jesus and the disciples. When Jesus prays John 17, things hadn't gotten bad yet. In fact, it's the opposite. Jesus is with them. Again, there's all these miracles happening. The disciples' faith is, is growing in leaps and bounds. More and more people are following Jesus and listening to his teachings. Things are going great. And yet Jesus still goes to pray for his friends. And I think that's interesting, something that we should take note of, because we often turn to prayer after things get bad. Right? And, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. God wants us, when, when things are hard in our lives, when things are difficult, when it's challenging, God wants us to go to prayer. He wants us to talk to him when, when, when things aren't going good. But Jesus here models something that goes way beyond that. He, he's praying, and in this prayer in John 17, he's thanking God for everything that he has. He's thanking God for everything that's going well, and he's recognizing that, that the time that Jesus has had with his disciples and his friends is a gift from God. Let me read a few verses from this prayer, and this is on your handout. John chapter 17, verse 6 through 9. Again, this is Jesus' prayer, or part of his prayer. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it. And know that I came from you. And they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those who you've given me because they belong to you. Now, I want you to look at the words Jesus chooses to use here in these three verses, in this part of his prayer. He's praying to his Father. He says this, the ones you gave me, God, they were always yours. You gave them to me. Everything I have is a gift from you. Those you have given me, because they belong to you. So here, here's what I want you to notice. Jesus knows he's about to leave his friends and go to the cross and that his friends are gonna go through a rough time. So in his prayer, what Jesus does is he acknowledges that his friends, the disciples, are a gift and that they belong to God before God gave them to him. Which then allows Jesus in this prayer to entrust them back to God, because they were always God's. And I've, I've shared this story before with you, but I'm going to share it again. So forgive me if you've heard it before. But my, my son Joshua, who's 17 now, when he was an infant at five months old, he had his first seizure, and he's an epileptic, and um, he would have these 
grand mal seizures that would last 15, 20 minutes, and he would not pull out of them. He has to, to, he has to have a special medicine to pull out of these seizures. And when he was five months old, he had his first one, and he was having seizure after seizure after seizure after seizure. And we were meeting with doctors and specialists and trying to find out what's the right medicine that's going to stop these seizures. And we were trying some, and they weren't working. Um, it's kind of a trial and error process. If you know anything about epilepsy, you have to find the right seizure medication that, that will help the right person. And, and there was a, a number of nights where we couldn't sleep, my wife and I, because we were afraid, if you know anything about uh, grand mal seizures and epilepsy, uh, 15, 20 minute seizures can be deadly. And, and we were afraid that one morning we were gonna wake up and find our son dead in his crib, right? That if we slept, he could have a seizure, we wouldn't know it, we're sleeping. And so we weren't sleeping. And we were just like trying to get as much information from doctors as we could and trying to try out these medicines. And one night, we were just at the end of ourselves. And so my wife and I, Michelle, we were laying in bed, and we just held hands, and we prayed. And we, 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 we prayed something along the lines of, of, God, we can't do this anymore. Like, we're just exhausted. We're at the end of ourselves. We, we can't stop this. We don't know what to do. And then we prayed this, that God... Our son Josh belonged to you before he belonged to us. Like, he's yours. And, and we're, we're grateful to have him, to look after him, to care for him, and to love him. We want to do that for as long as we can. But we just give him to you right now. Because we, 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 we can't. And he's, he was always yours. And so we just put them in your hands. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most meaningful moments of my life because it felt like a thousand pounds just lifted off of us. See, here's the thing. Until we recognize that all the blessings in our lives are gifts that come from God, we'll be unable to give them back to him. And... The truth of that is this, that you and I, us, are far more entangled with the good things in our lives than we care to admit, than the gifts God gives us. And it's so ironic. It's ironic because the more blessings God gives us, the more good things in our lives that God gives us that come from him, the more of those we have, the more we feel the urgency to protect them all and hold on to them all. And that, of course, can lead to a lot of anxiety and worry, right? We want to hold on to all the good things that God's given us, and so we, we, we protect them. And what inevitably happens is we start worrying about losing them and, and causing ourselves all sorts of, of stress and chaos that God never intended for us to carry. Because the gifts and the good things that he gives us, he wants us to enjoy those things. Right? Not, not, he doesn't want those things to cause us panic about losing them. He doesn't want those things to, to cause us stress and anxiety about oh, how are we going to protect all these good things in our lives, these blessings, these things that God's given us. And here's the thing. If we're not careful, the very gifts that God gives us can also cripple us. 
they can also, those very gifts, that, the very things that God gives us can keep us from fully trusting him. We turn into our own God, right? God gives us all these things, and the more we get, the more we just have to protect. And, 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 and all of a sudden, we play God. Like, oh, I just I got to keep all this together. I, I got to keep everybody safe that I love, and I got I to gotta, I gotta protect all these things that I have. And what happens when we try to play God? We get anxious, we get stressed, we, get, we worry because we can't. And that's what Jesus' prayer here is so important for you and I today. Because we learn from Jesus here that everyone and everything good that we have in our life is a gift from God. It belongs to him. Whether it's a job, whether it's a house, whether it's a, a, a holiday or a vacation, whether it's a friendship or a relationship, whether it's our health or our pets or our kids, everyone and everything good in our lives is a gift from him. And until we learn to do what Jesus did here, until we learn how to entrust them back to God, we run the real risk of being entangled and that's what Jesus is able to do in this prayer. He recognizes that, that everything he has is a gift from God. That his friends, the time he's had with his friends is a gift from God. And that enables him, that allows him to entrust them back into God's care. Because they were always God's. And so what I'd like to do this morning together is I'd like to lead us in a prayer practice this morning called Benevolent Detachment. Can you say that with me? Benevolent detachment? Benevolent detachment. So when we think of benevolence, we think of gift or generosity, right? It's benevolence. It's a, it's a gift. It's, it's, it's a generous act. So benevolent detachment is simply recognizing that everything and everyone is a gift from God. And we entrust those things back to God into his care, right? So benevolent attachment is taking, recognizing all the gifts that God's given us. Our family, our health, our occupation, this morning, the sun, whatever. All the good things that God gives in our lives, we recognize them. And then we in turn give them back to him because we recognize they're from him and that they were his all along. And this kind of prayer does two things. One, it gives us an opportunity to recognize and acknowledge all the good gifts that God gives us. Because so many times we take them for granted. Right? We worry about them, but we don't acknowledge that them as gifts that God gives to us. So that's the first thing this, this kind of prayer does. The second thing this kind of prayer does is it allows us the opportunity to entrust them all to him and put them in his care. Now, before, before I lead us in this prayer, I'm going to invite Elliot to come up. He's going to play for us while we pray together. Um, but before I lead us in this prayer, I want to read some other words by Jesus from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, where Jesus said this to his disciples. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, 
Why do you worry about the rest? See, what Jesus is saying here is you can worry or you can entrust. You can worry and try to protect or you can recognize that everything you have, everyone you have that's good in your life is a gift from God and entrust it back to him. And so we're gonna pray together and I'm gonna pray out loud and I'd ask you just to, to agree with me in prayer and I'm gonna pray some things but I, wanna, I want you to, to also pay attention. If there's specific things in your life that are gifts from God that you recognize this morning as we're praying, just thank God for those and then give them to him. Okay, can I lead us in a prayer? Okay, let's pray. God, we give everything and everyone to you. We give everything and everyone to you, God. We give you our aging parents. We give you our kids, God. give you our friendships and relationships. We give you our health, God. We give you that blow up that happened at work this week. our finances we give you our insomnia we give you all the things around the house that are still undone you all the news stories that won't leave us alone. We give you our fears and our phobias. We give you today, we, we give you tomorrow. They're all gifts from you. We give everything anything else that you want to give to God just take a minute and, and do that
Heavenly Father, I pray for my friends here this morning. Some of them are, are fighting tremendous battles. There is real hardship. There's real difficulty in their life. And they come to you in prayer, God, and they're giving everything to you. I pray you would honor their faith as they entrust these things back to you. Lord, I pray for my friends who are here where, where maybe things are they're in a season where things are going wonderfully. Lord, they won't always go wonderfully. And so we do what Jesus did here in this prayer. And we pray today, even in a season of goodness, we just give all of the good things in our lives to you. We pray this prayer of benevolent attachment to recognize that everything and everyone in our lives, everything good is a gift from you and belongs to you. So we give it back. We entrust it back to your care. Thank you for, for letting us foster it. Thank you for letting us experience it. Thank you for giving us these gifts. But they're yours. You just lent them to us. So we put them in your care. Knowing that you're a good, good father. things to you, God. We put, it, we put them all in your hands. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church of the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church of the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.